We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there and welcome to another episode here on the Strong by Design podcast. Your host today, Coach Chris Wilson. I've been getting lucky. I've been able to host the show quite a lot lately. Uh, we, we do have uh, other hosts here on Strong by Design, but I've uh, been blessed with the opportunity to speak with our guest today, Mr. Matt Hammett, uh, who is uh, an author of a terrific book that I am still in the midst of reading and enjoying uh, quite a bit. And uh, but before I introduce Matt and give you a little bit of backstory, I want to just take a quick moment of gratitude to say thank you so much for choosing the Strong by Design podcast. It's a ministry for us here at Critical Bench. It is not monetized. It's just a way for us to uh, provide a service, really, to all of our great uh, followers and fans uh, and people that have been part of Critical Bench for a long time. Uh, we've been around since 1999, and we started the podcast about four years ago, and here we are over 200 episodes, and it's just, uh, these conversations would not happen if we didn't have this podcast. So not only do I selfishly get to have great conversations and learn so much and be surrounded by terrific people, but I get to share these conversations with people all over the world, which is awesome. Uh, if you would, amen, right, brother? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at, at the end of this uh, episode, if you would, please share this with a friend or family member who could benefit from all the things that Matt's going to share uh, his life story really with you today. Uh, hit that five-star rating. Leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, we just thank you for finding our show and for coming back for more. So Matt Hammett, who is this man, this uh, unbelievable God-fearing man? He's a singer, a songwriter, speaker, husband, and father. Um, he's a, he was the singer for Sanctus Real, the actual creator of the band, 20 years ago, from 1996 to 2016. Uh, they were the recipient of three Dove Awards as Sanctus Real, which is a huge, actually the Dove Awards just happened like a couple of weeks ago, I believe. And uh, un uh, what a, an awesome honor that is. Uh, it's Christian music's kind of most hailed, uh, coveted honor. And he's also been nominated for two Grammy Awards. Matt made one of the hardest decision, uh, decisions of his life about five years ago to leave <clears throat> the band that he had created uh, and loved. Uh, and he started to focus on his marriage and his family and, and a whole new part of his life. Uh, he has since joined the Family Life Speaker Team. He's a keynote speaker, which, which is where I came to, to, to know of him at a, uh, a recent event that was in Orlando called the Florida, uh, 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 Florida Faith uh, Leader Summit, which was fantastic. Um, and he uh, you know, helps men and marriages and conferences across the United States. He currently lives in Tennessee with his wife, Sarah, and their children. And we're just so blessed and honored to have you uh, on the podcast today, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite, man. It was great to meet you guys in Florida at yeah. the event. And uh, also really appreciate the invite to be on. Yes. Oh, I had to, had to, you, of course, when you lead with a song, when you're on stage and you're a performer and you have a great voice and you play an instrument and you basically start by singing, you have people's attention. It's a pretty easy attention getter. You know what I mean? So, and I'm a huge music guy. I mean, you know, awesome. I'm, I'm always have music playing while I'm working or in the car or, you know, it's, uh, uh, just absolutely love it. So I connected with you and your story uh, just right away, and I already knew the band. It just all came together, which was great. Um, and so this book that you wrote is based on one of your biggest songs in the history yeah. of, of, of your, your band. Uh, and But it was such a, an interesting... The way you shaped it is because this song that brought you so much fame and, and celebrity and popularity, and it, it also pulled you away from your family because of it. Yeah. And 
And so it's just we're gonna, obviously we're going to get there. But could you please share with our listeners a little bit about who you know who you are, and and what you know what that the last twenty five years has looked like? You know, if you could give us the the short version. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So you know, when I was sixteen years old, I started a band with my friends called Sanctus Real, as you mentioned, and um, you know we had no clue what was in store for us. We really just thought we'd be jamming out in a garage for a few years and then going on to college. And then we started getting all these invitations to play regionally, then even nationally. And then we started getting offered record deals by the time we were graduating high school. And so we realized we had a big choice to make, like do we go to college or do we take this record deal opportunity? You know, and honestly, most of us are kind of like, well, uh, we're like, we could probably always go back to college, probably can't always get a record deal. So we decided to do that and it turned into a 15 year, uh, career, uh, you know, with a label, seven records, um, and a greatest hits album. And yeah, it's interesting. You talked about lead me, you know, that was really our career defining song. I should mention as well, the band is still going, but I left. Um, you know, in, in 2015, but uh, it was such a career-defining song, Lead Me, because it really addressed the tension between career dreams and family dreams. And that was a tension that I think everybody experiences. And I definitely was feeling that in a really heavy way. I wrote that song out of a really sincere moment in my life when, you know, my wife and I were feeling uh, tension of conflict and trying to learn communication as young marrieds. And she just said to me one day, like, man, we really need to talk. And I remember sitting down with her at the table and we had a major come to Jesus moment where she poured her heart out and just really told me that she needed me to be there for her, not just to provide, obviously, for the family, but she needed me to be providing more for her spiritually and emotionally and being there as more as a uh, support and a partner for her. Um, she said, it's like, you're here, but you're not here. And when she said, you know, the words lead me that day, I need you to lead me. It just really permeated kind of my entire being and broke down a lot of, of, of I guess, through a lot of walls inside me because we were in a very defensive cycle. And the way that she poured out her heart that day, kind of broke through a lot of that tension and really caused me to kind of wake up about the reality of who I was versus who I wanted to be as a man. And so, you know, alongside of this career that was building, you know, to all these really great things that I'm grateful for, like awards and number one songs and all this stuff, like all these really cool things that we got to experience Alongside of that was me trying to grow as a husband and a father. And and so that really is the tension. And the irony that you mentioned in the song, Lead Me, is that mm -hmm. I wrote it as a song about being a more present husband and father. And the success of that song actually took me away from home even more. Right. And built that tension greater than it had ever been before to the point where I had to make a decision. Like, do I really sing? Do I just sing this song or do I actually live it? Yeah, I mean, I found that to be very, very, um, like you had you had my attention, like I said from the beginning. But that really was like, wow, that what made you like your defining song is also what was kind of pulling you out of the lives of the people that mattered most, and yep. and getting you on tour and forcing you, you know moving you up the charts and becoming more of a recognized, you know, top Christian rock band and, um, yeah, un unbe unbelievable. But, um, so I am still reading your book. I, I was hoping to have it done. Okay. I have not been as diligent as I was hoping, but I'm, uh, right. I'm getting close to the middle and I'm, I am really, <laughs> I am really, I'm really enjoying it. Thank um, you. Uh, I, I, what I love Talk a little bit more about about the relationship with your wife, because when you guys first met, she was a bit different than you. Oh, yeah. You know, the first time I saw Sarah, she was barefoot, wearing overalls, like dancing freely out in this field at this concert. 
And I just remember thinking, as a guy who is naturally more uptight, I have a little bit of I have anxiety, not a little bit of anxiety, I've struggled with it my whole life. Um, somebody who is a naturally bent towards being a people pleaser and having to really work through that, I just saw her and she was like, you know, un, unhindered. And I just remember thinking, wow, I need more of that in my life. You know, I was like, I would say, it's, oh, I was OCD, you know, that was the day OCD met carefree, you know, was, <laughs> we were like, seemed like we were like the perfect uh, coupling, you know, and, but it was funny because when we were engaged, all those things about her, her uh, lack of, or her inhibition and um, her, her uh, like fearlessly speaking her mind and her opening her life to everybody was so beautiful. But then after we got married, I never thought about what it'd be like when she was fearlessly speaking her mind in the middle of an argument, right? <laughs> or when, you know, she would put what I felt her family and friends before us. Um, or when she would come into my bed at night or our bed with those feet that had been out in the mud and on the asphalt all day, those black feet <laughs> and rub them affectionately against my OCD legs, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and she never really imagined that someone who gave myself on uh, in service, you know, to other people seemingly so selflessly could be so selfish and someone who seemed to be so fearless in terms of, you know, being on stage could be so afraid of all my real responsibilities when it came to marriage and relationship. And so definitely, you know, like so many of us, you know, those things that once seemed so beautiful become kind of can turn to be those nagging things that turn us in contempt towards each other. And so that was definitely the case for us. And um, like every married couple, we had a lot of work to do to be able to decide if we were going to be able to return to that place. As we say, you know, when I speak for family life, are we going to keep drifting towards isolation or are we going to move towards oneness? Yeah. And that's one of the things that you led with in, in your talk at, at the uh, Florida Faith Leaders Summit was every marriage is either moving towards isolation or oneness. Yeah. Um, go into that just for another uh, quick moment for our listeners, because I think it's, it's, it's really kind of the main point here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Emerson Agrich, I don't know if you've read the book, Love and Respect. Yes. If, uh, if your listeners haven't, uh, you guys should really read it or listen to it on audio. Um, there's one thing in that book that I always, yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Yeah, definitely worth it's a classic book for a reason because it addresses the innate need of women to feel loved and understood and for men to feel respected. And, you know, it, it really becomes a cycle and there's no love and there's no respect. He calls it the crazy cycle. And, you know, it's just this, this basically the, the relationships on its way down the toilet, basically, if somebody doesn't stop the cycle. And so, you know, in, in all of that, we see that somebody has to break that cycle when we're disconnected and, you know, away, getting away from the, the cycle and, and more on like the pulling apart visual. Um, I want to say every single choice we make every single day, every word we speak, every action we take determines our course and our direction, whether we're headed towards each other or away from each other. Um, and that's true in all relationships. Even just today, my wife and I this morning were working on a creative project together. And we found ourselves in like our classic argument that we find ourselves in when we're working together. And we were both wanting to like pull our hair out. I felt like Tim and Joy Downs are speakers and they wrote this book called One of Us is Crazy and I'm Pretty Sure It's You. <laughs> like we found ourselves in that moment where like, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. And I had to decide as a husband, am I going to hold on to my stuff mm. that is pulling me away from Sarah right now and allow this cycle that I know can start from here to continue? Or am I going to put aside my own selfishness and choose something an action that will draw us back together. You know, and, and I 
think by God's grace, I mean, I've screwed this up so many times, but today by God's grace, I was able to say, you know what? I'm going to meet her and her reality. I'm going to speak truth to the situation calmly and we're going to get out of this. And, and, you know, it's, I'm learning more and more throughout my life to make those decisions. Um, but they're really hard and they're not, they're never natural. No. Our natural bent is to always hold on to our own viewpoint, always hold on to our own grievances, to be selfish. And so it takes a lot of grace um, and, and strength that I only believe I get from the Lord That's right. um, to be able to make those good decisions. But mm. it's important to think about all the time. Are we moving towards oneness or, or drifting apart? Yeah, and that's true in all relationships, right? Um, yep. You know, our relationship with our Creator. That's you know, right. If if we're in constant conversation with with the Lord, and we're we're on our knees, and we're praying for His guidance and for His still still that 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 voice that's just there uh, when you when you need it that just leads you, um, or you know. It, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that they claim to be, you know, Christian or, you know, claim to be, you know, hey, I go to church on Sunday, but the other six days of the week, there's not much relationship yeah. there, you know? So they're they're still drifting, even though they're, they're hooking up at church on 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It is uh, interesting, too. One other thing I'll say about that, that trajectory of life and faith with God and our relationship with God um, that I've heard that I always think is a really great visual that kind of goes along with this yeah. is, you know, when we, we are two people and, and, you know, if we're talking about relationship, um, even with our spouse, if we're both moving towards God, we're always moving towards each other. You know, mm -hmm. if he's the point, if he's the, the top of that triangle, you know, right. and so if we're on that trajectory, we're moving towards God, we are moving closer to one another. And so, that's, you know, I was like a visual, I think of too, like, yeah. And, and I know it's uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a it's a visual, but it's also very effective for me because it helps me remember. Like, all right, as long as I'm moving up and I'm keeping God first priority, yeah. we'll be moving together. That's right. Towards oneness. That's right. Yeah, such a great point. I appreciate you explaining it that way, and I think it's really easy for people to picture it too when you say that. Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. said a lot of great things um uh you know last month when we, we got to hear you speak and present uh you were you said something like uh restlessness can turn to action which leads to relief um could you could you unpack that just a little bit yeah yeah totally so um i always say and and i you know i actually say usually release but relief works too you know so it's like uh right. Oh, I always say, okay. So maybe I yeah. see. I was writing. I was writing fast, and I probably missed release. It does. Uh, I didn't have a slide up on that one, and it does very right. much sound like really. I can get it. Why it sounds that way, but it's the same concept exactly. Right. Because you know this restlessness that we feel. Yes, is the in indicator to us that something in our lives needs to, needs to change. Yes, correct. And so in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Um, the restlessness inside of me was growing uh, to the point where it just beca was becoming more and more aware of this tension. And to be really honest with you, that tension between family, dreams, and, and margin in my life, and like being healthy, and then this grind of career um, had been kind of eating at me for almost a decade, you know? And, and it just was this restlessness that started as something that I knew it wasn't leading me to a decision yet, but you know, as time went on, that restlessness grew and it's that indicator that goes, something here isn't right. Something needs to change. What is it? 
it's that warning light going off. But sometimes we feel that and we don't feel, we actually maybe sometimes we just know in our spirit Mm -hmm. that it's not time for the change yet, that it's not time to be released yet into that season. And those are hard times of of, of growing and praying and trusting. You know, Tom Petty says the waiting is the hardest part. And that's, that's true. Uh, it really can be the hardest part. Right. Ask, ask kids right now who are making their Christmas list, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so, you know, for me, I was feeling like there was a moment where I knew that the restlessness that I was feeling was becoming a call to change and a call to be released. And there are some people, I'm sure, who are in the restlessness season and they're like, man, something you know, in, in me feels chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need God to give me peace in this. And I don't know how or when or, yeah. or, or the way that this will change. But then there's some people who are like, you, you felt the restlessness and you're in a season of life where you're like, I see where Jesus is. You're like Peter and you're in the comfort of your boat, but you know, you should walk because you know that walking to where he is, is going to be the miracle in your right. life. That's right. And, and you know, the amazing thing is that you never witness that miracle until you're willing to take the step out. Mm. I can't imagine Peter stepping out of the boat onto the waves. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, that's a nice story and all, but really put yourself in that position of thinking, I'm going to try to walk on this water and putting, taking the, the weight of your body on that second step and shifting it into the waves. You know, it's like that metaphorically is like that, the hardest step is to not try to keep one foot where it's comfortable and one foot where it's hard, but to take the other foot that's comfortable and walk on the water. That's right. That is a decision that is so difficult. But what happens is if you keep your eyes on where the Lord is leading you and you keep walking towards the place he's calling you, you get the, this incredible experience of turning around and realizing that every single step you took on that water was a miracle. And it's, there's so much joy in that journey. Great description. Uh, and it's just such a, a wonderful way to experience uh, Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he, he's out there and he's saying, you come to me. I got, you know, I got you. And started making his way there and then realized when he looked down, how the heck, what's going on here? Then, you know, it's like, well, you, you took your eyes off the mark, buddy. You, you yeah. were on your way to me here if you just kept kept your focus forward, but you started yep. looking down. Yeah. Uh, and I think a- there's a lot of people, too, who, who Chris, who need, like, I love to try to speak permission to people who feel like they, they're sidelined right now. Yeah. And they're afraid. You know, even when I talk, talk about, like, or we talk about life and, you know, I imagine it like, especially guys sometimes for me, you know, I can relate to that because I'm a guy. And I talk to so many guys who feel like, man, you know, maybe, maybe I've made decisions like I regret. Maybe like I made mistakes in the past. Maybe I felt like a failure, maybe in big ways, maybe in small ways. And, you know, maybe they feel like they're kind of sitting on the sideline on the bench mm-hmm. and they just need somebody to say, man, get back in the game. Like you're called by God to be in the game and the enemy wins when you just sit on the sideline. And, and it's almost like it takes somebody to say, man, get up, get back in the game. Like you're worthy to be in the game. You're called. And um, so there's somebody right. out there today is like just, you know, struggling. And like you just need to hear those words like you can be the man or woman that God has called you to be. That's right. Get off the bench. Get back in the game. That's right. So it's such a... Again, I, I say this all the time. You know, oftentimes the most powerful things in our lives are the simplest things. It's yeah. just implementation. It's reminding ourselves of, of who we are and how great we are and that there's greatness inside every single one of us if we just let it out. If we, yeah. But like you said, you said action is hard. Obedience is hard. It all comes down to the little things. It's that, that those choices – and decisions that we are presented with on a on a regular basis, a daily basis. When we get up in the morning and put our two feet on the ground, we make a, a choice. Yeah. Are, are we going to be, you know, led today by our Creator? Or are we going to be, you know, 
a, just a, a, you know, a cancer to everybody that we come in contact with. You know, it's like, yeah. And, and I'm guilty of, I can be, when I'm, when I'm on point and I'm, and I'm using God's gifts and I'm doing what I, I know I'm here to do, I, I'm like, I'm flying. But when people don't see that or feel that in me, um, it's like, they're like, who are you? Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> like, like, what's like, what's going on? What's you know, what's wrong? And, and and it was a choice that I made that in that moment or that day to be the way that I'm that that I'm acting. You know, um, yeah. It, it's it, it, the highs and lows of life, right? Um, you a couple of great questions here. You just mean you know, like the who am I and the where do I need to be questions that I think everybody needs to kind of ask themselves on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, and in a lot of the book, as you know, uh, even just from the first part of it is about this uh, version of ourselves that we want to be versus who we really are. Yes. A lot of this book is about reality. You know, I always tell this stupid story about this workout dice. I think I told this. Yes, you did. You know, like I saw it at Target and it was like I, I had not been. Hate to admit this to your listeners, man. All right, this is vulnerable, but I'm, I'm out of the loop here on on my regiment for working out. And so, a couple of years ago, when I was in that cycle at that time too, I I grabbed this little workout dice from Target. It was, I knew it was hokey, but I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna buy it. It's like two bucks. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, it'll motivate me. I'll throw it on the ground, right? Give me a workout to do. It sits in the back of my car for like six months. But every time I look in there, I see like, you know, 30 push-ups facing me. And the craziest thing about human nature is that looking at that prompt actually gave me an endorphin hit. Sure. And actually made me think about doing those push-ups every day when I saw it. After six months, I'm like, I need to take it back into my house. I need to use this thing. So I take it in my mudroom and Again, another six months goes by and it's like crunches are facing me, right? (laughs) And every day I'm seeing those crunches in my mind, it's hitting me somehow like, hey, thinking about it actually makes you feel good. (laughs) And so I've been working out for a year in my mind, man. I should be like totally ripped, but I still totally have my dad bod on, right? Because Uh I haven't really done anything. It was a reel I made up in my head and the craziest part, is that owning that workout dice and thinking about what it was that I wanted to do with my body made me feel better about myself. Yeah. That is the power of good intentions. And we all need to take a good hard look at our relationships and our life and our faith and mm. say, what areas have I built a highlight reel of intentions to make myself feel better? You know, it's like, what do I, you know, I've got my little library of books I, I want to read or whatever. And it's like, it makes me feel good to have them. But maybe I, I'm like not even learning anything from it. Or, you know, for those of us who are Christians, it's like we've got our Bible sitting out on the end table. Like makes it feel good to have it there. But are we cracking it open? Are we reading it? And it's like, same thing. Like in my relationship with my wife or my kids, are these intentions that I have actions? Because good intentions are absolutely worthless until they become actions. And that was one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn is to really look at who I was versus who I wanted to be and whether I was gonna be a man of intention and imagination or if I was really gonna become the version of me that God wants me to be. Yeah, so good. So thought-provoking and powerful and um, it's, we often, you know, and I, it's like calling yourself out on your own, your own <laughs> fantasy easy, version of yourself. It's like you gotta. Sometimes it's just reflection and like being honest with yourself. We we get so used to telling ourselves the same little stories and and lies yep. about who we really are, and then you believe them. You know, yep. you, you believe your own little lies about yourself. It's just like it's you know uncovering that, really getting in deep and. and it's it's important for all of us to do is and it's but it can be scary and hard for people to do Um, yeah it is scary man to look at yourself in the mirror bro 
And that's part of the reason that God gave us a spouse so that we they can also hold the mirror up sometimes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my wife's mirror is much bigger than mine. She's she's yeah. got a big mirror to hold up for me, man. I, yeah, man. I you know what though? It's like I, I'm supposed to I can handle it. You know what yeah. I mean? That's uh, part of being becoming a man, man. Yeah. Like yeah. can I can I handle it or I just break down and get on the sidelines? That's it. I got broad shoulders. I can I can handle it and I know I know who I can look to for for the power yeah that's you right. know to, to plug back into you know nothing's too big for for god so I, i'm yeah. good you know i'm yeah. good i can do it um you know you you'd said you know a, a another question that people should be asking themselves on a daily basis what can i do today to be a better husband father friend co-worker any of these things like what can you do in this moment right now to form a, a, a better bond, a stronger relationship with somebody who is important to you. Uh, that could be a text message. It could be an email. It could be a handwritten note. It could be showing up at somebody's door, uh, you know, doorstep with, with food or, so, or something that you, you know, I passed by the store and I, I saw this and I thought of you. So I, I grabbed it. It could be a $10 thing, but when you take those little steps, I mean, it's it's for me, and I know for you, it's the people in our lives that make our lives meaningful. Yeah, like you had all the success that you could handle, and it, and you still like it was your life wasn't right. There's still yep. there was something that needed to be fixed, and it was wise because there was people hurting because they needed you. And you needed to show up for them, and and you and you knew it was an issue for a long time, but it was just like it finally got to that to that point where you made that that switch and that change. Um, yeah. To maybe share just for a, a quick moment what that because I know in the book obviously you talked about it what that conversation was like between you and your bandmates when, yeah, when man, you finally had to make the the, the cut. Yeah, it was really hard. We'd been, you know, doing life together for 20 years. It was the only thing that we had known. Started in 96 and, you know, it was about 2015 when I told them, hey, I'm going to do one more year. So at the end of that 20 years, it was like kind of like a divorce in a way, you know, probably, I mean, obviously I can't, for people who've been through divorce, I don't want to minimize what you've been through. But I will say in the sense that I have, we had our entire lives intertwined, every aspect of our lives, from family to business, you know, to the travels that we've done together, we'd experienced everything together, and then trying to pull that apart, mm. even if you want it to be um, really smooth, is impossible. Yes. There are tears, and there are hurt feelings, and um, difficulties along the way, um, right down to like, who gets the the Fender amp? You know, it's like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's stupid, and, and and we worked that all that out pretty that part pretty easily actually, right. um, and you know, I felt really clear on what God was calling me to do um, to to try to do my part to just um, help that that process go honorably and smoothly. Yeah. And so, um, but it was hard, and and it hurt it hurt me to leave. And I hurt them because they felt a rejection from me. And, and I knew they'd feel that. And that was hard for me. And, yeah. you know, they tried to embrace a new guy, a new singer. They went on the, on the hunt and found a new guy. And so it's hard for them because they have to embrace him and make him feel like family. So they're trying to be sensitive to that, you know, so they kind of, it was, it just created like, even between family dynamics with our wives and families. And then yes. we moved to Nashville. And so, all of these tentacles of this relationship all kind of being torn from different places. And as hard as you try, uh, it really hurts. You know, I put a copy of the letter that I wrote them in the book mm. and um, that they were my brothers. And uh, even to this day, it's like, man, we're, we're on great terms, but still it's like, I know there's a little piece inside of all of us that still kind of, you know, you long for the way things were in a sense relationally before life causes complications, right? Right. And 
And so it's been it's been hard, but you know we've I think we're all kind of in our groove now, which has been amazing, and it's really great when we see each other when I get up to Ohio and we do get to go out and have dinner together and see each other. It becomes sweeter and sweeter over time. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. Time heals all things. It really does. Um, You know, I've lost loved ones and, you know, or relationships with with people you used to work with and be around all the time that you don't, you know, you you don't see them anymore. And but time does, I mean, inevitably help things. And what's nice is, you know, you've been able to focus now the last five plus years on your marriage and, and your family and and really work there and feel more whole yep. while the, what you left behind has, has also continued to see success too. So which, which, you know, Sanctus Real is still a great band producing yep. great music and that people absolutely love and still leading people to the Lord. So it's absolutely, like yeah. everybody's kind of still winning, which is great. Yep. It just looks different. Um, but uh, yeah, and they actually have a couple of re- really newer releases that are quite good. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they've had a couple of songs they've done really well, and so um, I'm grateful, you know, f- to, to to God for just kind of going with them. And and you know, it's it's interesting, Chris, because uh, we think that when we're involved with something, that I remember thinking like, if I leave. What will happen? What will what will happen to these guys? Right? I'm, I'm the leader. I'm I'm the voice. I'm writing a lot of these songs, and it's like, man, you know, will everybody be okay? And I really felt like in my spirit one day when I was really struggling with that, like it was almost like God just spoke to me and said, "Do you think you're the only child that I love?" And it was like, oh, like it hit me so hard, like. <laughs> He's like, dude, you, you know I'm going to take care of you, but you don't think I'm going to take care of them? Like, I've got this. Like, this doesn't fall on you. Yeah. I think so often we, we convince ourselves that that more falls on us than it really does. Yes. Because the truth is, when it comes to career, and, 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 and I have a section in my book about this, but when it comes to career dreams and, and uh, being in the workplace especially, you know, it's like they're – there's always somebody waiting in this world to take your place. Yes. You no matter what it is you do, yes. you know, like there's always somebody behind you that's looking to get in there and, and fill the void that you are taking up and try to do it better. That's right. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of things we can do in this life, but the truth is that like our wives only have one husband and our kids have one dad. Yeah. Nobody else can do that job. That's right. And that is the greatest calling that, that we have. We got one shot to do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, none of us do it perfect. But it's like I believe God's calling us to just, especially, and, and I'm going to just throw this in there, but Please. I think with culture now, I, I've struggled because I've seen firsthand as I go th- read the news and, and watch different media outlets, there's a really um, interesting pressure on on family and on faith. And it's like, you know, there's a very, it's, things are very progressive. And so for those of us who hold on to those values for us, that, you know, it's important to us. It's like, you know, we just got to remember that how important it is for us to model. Actually, you know, it's, it's not just the media, even like the government has a website, fatherhood.org, right? Or fatherhood. I think it's fatherhood.org, but the fatherhood initiative so. from the government. And the United States government says on that website that there is a father crisis in America. There is. And so, like, you know, we've got to model what it means to be good fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and 
we are called to model that for a society that is really career-driven, progress-driven. There's nothing wrong with career. There's nothing wrong with progress. But so often, the pursuit of financial benefit, the pursuit of materialism, so often in our culture, reigns. And you see it all across, you know, everywhere you look, man, everything coming at you on TV and radio and devices. It's all about image. It's all about money. But man, that's not what matters most in life, but that's what we exalt. So more than ever, there's a call, man. Yeah. To, to model what it means to put family first. That's right. Yeah, just go back and. Sorry, that was a long rant. I apologize, no, dude. I, that's that's why I wanted to talk with you because I knew, I, I knew besides leading people to your book to lead me, uh, there was going to be so much more that can be brought into this conversation, and I, I love that you went there with it. But it is, it's being kingdom minded. It's. It's it's like what Tony Evans is talking about, you know. We need kingdom men and kingdom women, and yeah, the, the, it all starts with the ha- with the household, with your with the family. Like if you got stuff tightened up at home and you're doing your job as and being a great leader and a father and a husband and and in your community in your neighborhood, that that's where it starts, man. Because that stuff yeah. that ripples out. You got a strong neighborhood like where I live, and you got families that all live together with little kids that all play together and and we all spend time among each other and, and we're all looking out for each other like if everybody's community look like that this world looks different yeah that's and, right that's you know, right man and you you know you throw god in there and everything's really looking good you know so and that's another thing you know you've been pulling god out of everything for a hundred years now it's like guys you wonder why things are you know getting out of control here you, you, you can't be pulling god out of these things He's, yeah you can't if you pull the creator out of the creation or try yeah man not good not good, not good. <laughs> it's kind of it kind of it's kind of a one plus one equals two kind of scenario yep but people don't don't want to see it that way you know unfortunately know. It's, it's painful but i'm glad that you've you know that you've mentioned it and it's always worth bringing up um yeah. and, and for people to think about um what are some of the uh, before before we get to like ways people can find you and and and, and uh, on social channels and, and get to your book? Um, give me a story, a family story, something that between you and your wife and your children that is like one of your most fond memories. It could be something funny. It could be something recent. It could be something from years ago. Just something that's that's just a family uh, story that just makes you feel good. Oh yeah, man! You know, gosh, there's so many. I know. You know we recently actually revisited the Grand Canyon as a family. Oh, cool. And that was so incredible. Yes. To just be out there, I really, actually, funny enough, wrote about it in my book, and then now we're actually working on a, a, a small series that we're doing with a new Christian streaming network as a family. And, you know, we, we revisited the Grand Canyon again. And those, those are sweet times. But there, there is actually a, a story. Like, I mean, obviously, I want to write my book about what's most notable to me. <laughs> so I do think of one of the stories in there where we were, like, driving back from New York the first time around on our trip out west that we did four or five years ago as a family. And I had just bought this new uh, hose. Like, it was called like a rhino hose for my RV. It was for the toilet. And I was like feeling really good about it because it's supposed to be like super durable construction. It was the first time I was going to empty our tank. <laughs> and I was like, I was nervous, man. So, like, I hook it up. And there was actually like, I don't know, for people who, who've owned RVs and you got to go to the Flying J and dump, uh, you know, basically like you got to screw that into the ground, right? Into the sewer. And well, the threading was broken on the ground. And so I like shoved it down in there, like put a rock on top of it. And man, when I like pulled that lever to let the the poop tank go, (laughs) it was like, I saw that hose start shaking, dude. And I was like, out of nowhere, man, it hit the bottom where the hole was and it just flipped up, man. And just started, you've probably seen the movie RV. And on that one, you know, it's a geyser. Now, this obviously wasn't quite as bad, but, dude, it literally was the same kind of scenario where it's just like it's Ah. shooting out of the pipe, and I'm trying to stop it. 
The worst part of it all was that it was wintertime and all of the water spigots were uh, shut down. Uh, so I had to go into the RV and fill up a bucket of water in the shower, one little bucket at a time, and walk it out and, like, rinse the parameter uh, <laughs> of all that down, down the drain. It took me, like, an hour by the time I got everything cleaned up and sanitized and back in the RV. And I kid you not, after an hour of dealing with this, I walked back up into my RV, and I, and I, I mean, honestly, it must have smelled so bad. And I'm sure my kids smelled what I had smelled. And I walked up in there and literally my littlest Lewis just looks at me and goes, like pukes all over the ground. And I was just like, I was in that moment where I could decide. It was like, I wanted to just blow up, blow up, you know, I'll be like, you know what? Dad needs a break. I'll be back. Have fun cleaning up the, the, you know, the throw up. I just did the other. (laughs) I need to walk this off. Right. And talk about like momentary decisions about isolation or oneness, right? That let's bring this full circle. Because <laughs> I had an, in that moment an opportunity to be like, am I going to move closer to Lewis in this moment, or just cut loose and get out of there and let mom deal with it? And so you know, I it was hard, but I chose in that moment to be like. You know what, buddy? It's all right. We'll get it cleaned up. Grab the paper towels. Get it all cleaned up, and just use it as an opportunity to love on him and be like, "It's okay, buddy." You know, and um, it, it's I, and again, I don't end every story that well. I'm exactly. giving you the good example. Yes, that's <laughs> there are times when I fail, but that is a really funny moment for us. You know, the first time emptying the old uh, RV tank. Oh. So I have that to look forward to when I uh, f- finally do my RV family trip. Yeah, just yeah. don't dump where the threads don't work, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the – just everybody, we got to use uh, public restrooms for a little while until we can get to another place to do an exactly. offload. Here. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh, dude. That is awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, yes, sharing that. And I look forward to the moment in the book when, uh, when, I, when I get to that part. A little, awesome. little. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil it for you. No, it's a, <laughs> hey, when you, I heard it from the from the man himself, so it's that, not that much of a spoiler, you know. I'm, I'm, I, that, that's great. I appreciate that. So, uh, Matt, where are some of the uh, the best places uh, for people to go to find more of you um, and what you're doing currently, and of course your book. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the best place, you know, I am on Twitter. If people like Twitter. I don't know how many people are on Twitter anymore, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I also have an Instagram and a Facebook. Does honestly, I have a website matthammett.com where there is some stuff, but I think the best way just to kind of follow me on a regular basis is um, through Instagram and Facebook. So um, and it's just simple. It's just Matt Hammett. Yeah. So it's just my name with two M's and two T's. And the best place for them to uh, to find your book? I mean, obviously through, through. Oh yeah, to find the book, you actually can go to my to matthammett.com. Okay. And find uh, you can actually sign up for my newsletter and also find the book there as well. Oh, awesome! Okay, and you do you have a newsletter? Awesome. Terrific. I do. Yeah, I'm not. As, I, that is one thing that I need to work on in the coming years: being more faithful about sending out my newsletter. Yeah, it's important. Uh, it's a big yeah. part. I mean, we're an online fitness and health publishing company, so our newsletter is. It's our bread and butter, so to speak. You know, it's yep. it's our contact with our end user, and if if that's not, you know, at the highest priority of uh, of, of grooming and and taking good care of, then you know we're not in the right business. You know, so yeah, it, it is. It's um, it's amazing that email has worked as long as it has. Uh, yeah, you know, it's but crazy. it really is a very personal thing. Email. Uh, when something shows up in your inbox and it's a subject that gets your attention, and then when if you're good at writing, and it's like you wrote that just to that person who received it, uh, even though yeah. they're they know they're part of a newsletter and it's going to other people. It's just something about a, a message when it's from you to someone else who likes you, knows you, likes you, trusts you. They feel there's a relationship that happens there, and it's a it, it's a really cool dynamic. It's really interesting, but it can be very yeah. powerful. Can uh, 
Yeah. So I, I can't thank you enough for making the time uh, to be on on the show and to talk about your journey um, and you know making the hard decisions in life and taking taking action um, and and you know standing up for your family, putting them first, being a, the husband and the father that 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 we need in the world. Um, and so I thank you for for doing that. Uh, but also I thank you for 20 years of amazing. Uh, music uh, that everyone can still enjoy for forever. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, and I do too. If people are interested, do have new stuff uh, you can get on all the streaming platforms as well. I don't put as much into marketing it, but I still make it for the people out there who want to listen. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, people just go go and look up. Just type in Sanctus Real. I know it sounds like Sang, like S A N G, but it's S A N C T U S. Uh, second word, real, R-E-A-L, Sanctus yep. Real. There's a cool story in the book about how he came up with the name for the for the band. But um, uh, terrific music uh, over uh, 25 years now, um, and uh, just absolutely beautiful. So it's it's um I have I listen to so much music. I have uh, you know all the albums loaded into my phone. So I'm, I love it. But uh, awesome, man. I, I appreciate you uh, listening. If you yeah. haven't checked it out, I actually funny. I actually put an album out last year called Treetop under under Matt Hammett. So ah. I'm actually pretty proud of it. I didn't do a lot of marketing. It was more of a therapeutic progress uh, process for me. And so, but uh, if you haven't yet, check that one out. Oh, I definitely will. Treetop, you said. Yep. yep. Treetop under yep. Uh, by by the name Matt Hammett. Matt Hammett. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, um, listeners, thank you for choosing the Strong by Design show. As I said in the beginning, uh, there's so many podcasts out there in the world, and the fact that you chose ours means something to us. It's Again, it's our ministry. It's our way to give back and to share uh, our relationship with the Lord, with, with our listeners, and to hopefully lead you in all different areas of your life, in your fitness, in your health, in your spiritual walk. Uh, and to make those relationships stronger and more meaningful. So thanks again. Hit that five-star rating. Leave a review for us no matter what platform you're listening. And next week we'll be back, as always, on Wednesday with a new episode. We thank you, and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.